Welcome to Grazeaholics. I'm Veronica. And I'm Courtney. And how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm yeah. Okay. Good. How, good. Yeah. How are you? I'm better. I am so glad to hear that. Better. Much better today. Can't. I will complain later, but I'm not going to complain here. Good. <laughs> What are you drinking? I, I have two drinks today. Okay. Yes, I'm thirsty. Okay. <laughs> what thirsty. are they? So I have wine today. And I think this is a grape sangria. I have not tasted it. So I'm going to taste it oh. right now. Okay. Not bad for $4.99. I love a good $5 bottle of wine. I'm cheap. Love that. And I have a sparkling water. Lime. Nice. Because your girl is thirsty. Nice. What you're drinking? I just have, well, now it looks like gross because it's like kind of melted, but it's, it was a very delicious smoothie. Um, Oh, I love your cup. Thanks. What kind of smoothie are you drinking, though? It has strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, banana, spinach, chia seeds, and some vanilla protein. Oh, wow. Super, super healthy. (laughs) I try. I'm like (laughs) the pinnacle of health over here. Like, yes, I drink one smoothie. Like, I am fitness now. You are fitness now. I'm going to use that. I am fitness now. I'm going to use that as a verb. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Pod. So today we're going to be recapping Who's Zooming Who. And that is also a song. Which I did not know. I thought that maybe Shonda was trying to do a spin on Alan Jackson's Who's Cheating Who. But then I feel like that would have given a lot of way in this episode. So she didn't. But I had no idea that this was an actual song. By Aretha Franklin. And we were jamming to it. Yes. And I love it. Like It's a good song. It's such a good song. And the Netflix description says the outbreak of a sexually transmitted disease affects several members of the hospital staff. <sighs> I feel like there's so much more to this episode than the STDs, but you know. there always is. And Netflix never cares. They just don't care. They just have, they have a lot of shows. We're just going to assume that they're just getting the gist of it maybe like they watch five minutes of it true because that is like okay yeah that would make sense because I don't know what else they would be thinking here like okay um I do want to say though that I did my homework from last week because last week's episode we're going to assume was titled around the queen song save me so i had mentioned in last week's episode that i didn't know that i liked 
queen because I don't really listen to a lot of older bands. And so I downloaded um, some of Queen's albums and I learned quite quickly that they are probably one of my favorite bands. I just never realized how many songs I loved that they did. So my phrase of the week was you're so dumb. And so you're so dumb. (laughs) Yes, that is me because like I'm listening. Okay. So like you had mentioned last week, like, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I like didn't put two and two together because for me, whenever I think Bohemian Rhapsody, I think the movie Wayne's World and how popular they made that song. And Wayne's World is one of my all-time favorite movies. And so like, as I'm listening and I'm jamming out and then it just like starts going down the list and I'm just singing along to all of these songs. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're so, dumb. I'm just kidding. I am though. Like that's I had, I guess that's pretty funny I, that you didn't know, but you know, the song that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I just discovered mm-hmm. a new song two days ago that I'm absolutely obsessed with that. I've been having it on repeat. I couldn't tell you who sings it. I know the name of the song. I have no idea who sings it. That's just, I don't know. I don't like pay attention to who's singing the songs, I guess. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad you did your homework. I did not. I did not try to find the movie. (sighs) But if you find it for me, I'll watch it. Good luck. Maybe like HBO will get it for Halloween. I know that Netflix had it for a while. Oh, really? Oh, thank you, Netflix. But they don't anymore. But Uh, JK Netflix. Yeah, no, they don't anymore. I know that they had it for a while though because I would watch it on there. So, but maybe HBO will get it for like Halloween. Watch my husband has it somewhere in his stockpile of movies. <gasps> and I just don't know. Do I need to message John and be like, yeah. where is Hellraiser? <laughs> he has the most random movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually owns that movie. <gasps> Ooh, he might need to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to get us started with the monologue for this week's episode? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm kind of excited. Okay. This is such a big episode. And we start with secrets can't hide in science. Medicine has a way of exposing the lies. Within the walls of a hospital, the truth is stripped bare. How we keep our secrets outside the hospital, well, that's a little different. One thing is certain, whatever it is we're trying to hide, we're never ready for that moment when the truth gets naked. That's the problem with secrets. Like misery, they love company. They pile up and up until they, t- until they take over everything, until you don't have room for anything else. Until you're so full of secrets, you feel like you're going to burst. As I'm bursting with excitement. I mean, the first part of that monologue is very like pertinent to today's world. Yes, yes. And I think the theme for this episode is secrets, secrets, secrets. That's it. That's accurate. That's it. That's that's probably what the title of this episode is going to be anyway. So that is accurate. Um, I do want to say that you keep like. All right. Now for the recap. Oh my gosh. This is such a doozy. I'm excited though. Oh, I love this episode. 
In the opening scene, we find George sitting on the edge of the bathtub holding a book titled Rashes, Hives, and Skin Eruptions. <laughs> Which I did try to see if that was a real book, but it is not. Oh, at least I that surprises me. I couldn't find it. It 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 started showing me articles of you know rashes, as hives, thorough as like <laughs> like as thorough as Shonda is. Like I, I thought that that would be a real possibility. That's what I thought. I didn't find it. He looks down and he seems to be distressed. Izzy starts knocking on the door, telling George that she needs to take a shower. Izzy asks what he's doing in there. And he replies with it's private. Izzy thinks that he is talking about something else and says that she's sorry to interrupt and for him to take his time. Mm -hmm. George always defensive says no it's not that i'm coming no i'm coming out (laughs) i was like losing it like i was losing it (laughs) we find derek in bed and meredith's phone is ringing she answers it and it is miss henry from the nursing home miss henry tells meredith that she is calling about her mother and meredith asks if everything is okay miss henry confirms that it is nothing like that Meredith asks to call back later, but Miss Henry tries to keep her on the line. Meredith hastily says that she needs to go and hangs up. Derek rolls over and asks who is calling her at this hour. And she tells him wrong number. And side note, I find it interesting that Meredith is still lying to him about her mom. She pretty much bullied him into telling him more, telling her more about himself. And in reality, how much does he really know about her? That's true. I don't think he knows anything about her. I mean, you would think someone like him probably knows who his her mom is, obviously. Right. But yeah, again, side note theme is secrets for this whole episode. So she's obviously holding back the secret, which I'm not sure if she's embarrassed, ashamed, or just plain like doesn't want anyone to know because her mom doesn't want anyone to know. I think it's probably like all of that combined with like yeah. also protecting her mother's honor, essentially. Like she's a, yeah. yeah, she's a world-renowned surgeon. She doesn't want anybody to see her mother's fall from grace like this. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's weird. Mm, secrets. George comes out of the bathroom. Izzy tells him that there is no need to be ashamed, that what he was doing was healthy even. He tells her that he doesn't need to do that because he has a girlfriend. And Izzy replies, an imaginary girlfriend? And he says, an actual girlfriend. She's such a dick. I mean. She really is. I hated her this whole episode. I hated her. She was just a fucking bitch throughout. I just think that she just, uh, I have my thoughts about her. She actually looks clean today. I was waiting for it. I was like, when is I mean, he start? George doesn't. George doesn't. Poor George. He looks no like he hasn't washed himself in a while. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a different story. But yeah, I I don't know yet how I feel about Izzy. I think that was just very dickish of her to say for being friends with him. Like I don't know, teasing him. I guess right. Maybe it was all in good fun. Meredith comes out of her room and finds Izzy and George in the hallway. Izzy tells Meredith that George is freaked out because she caught him playing with little Jimmy and the twins. (laughs) Sorry. Good thing I wasn't drinking right now. 
I like lost it. I thought it was so funny and I wasn't going to include it, but then I was just like, I have never heard it called this before. Me like I have either. to. Me either. Okay. See? Derek comes out of the room and joins them. His phone starts ringing and he has a disgusted look on his face. He doesn't answer it. And Meredith asks him why it could be at the hospital. And he says that it's not and just kind of blows her off. I sense a theme here with Derek. Anytime he doesn't want to answer anything, he just leaves. Like he just simply leaves. <laughs> Secrets, which is funny because um, she's the runner, right? She runs away right. from her issues. So it's funny. Um, and at, the, at this scene, in this particular scene, this is when the um, monologue is about to end. So I thought that was interesting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I have in my notes that I don't like the way he's being very dismissive because it's obvious that he's hiding something. We just don't know what it is yet. Right. Right. I I I just I hate that. Whenever anybody questions him at all, he just simply leaves. <laughs> and I think that Meredith would notice if she herself wasn't hiding something from him. Do you know what I'm saying? true so because she's like hiding something she's feeling guilty herself so she's not pressing because then he's gonna press about the phone call she received so true because then the rest of the episode we do see her kind of just like observing Mm -hmm. him she doesn't like confront him she's just Mm -hmm. observing him yep so that's like a good yeah good catch there in the next scene, we see Christina at the hospital. She is talking on her phone and tells whoever is on the other end that she is not coming in for a counseling session, that she knows all of her options. She tells them that she has made her decision and her appointment, which again, I think is fucking terrible that there are people who are still trying to talk her out of getting this abortion. If I want a fucking abortion, I've obviously already looked at all my options. Give me the damn abortion. I know what I'm doing. Exactly. If I want to fucking adopt. I know my options. I know how to do that. Right. Like, I just, I hate that there's still people like trying to talk her out of it. Burke comes up to her in the hall and tells her that he tried to page her last night. And she tells him that she wasn't on call. He explains that that's not why he paged her. And then he asks for her home number. And she tells him that she has to go and walks off. Much like Derek does. (laughs) Anytime Burke confronts her with anything, she just simply leaves. (laughs) I did do like a little research about like why spouses or significant others keep secrets and I can like dive into it at the end of the episode if you like. Oh, yes, I, I was do. very interested in the psychology of it. Like what is it that causes significant others to to hide things or to keep secrets since that's the theme of this episode. So I'll I'll refer back to it. Oh, I am excited about that. Like I am excited. In the next scene, we finally see Dr. Weber. He has not been visible at all since like the first episode. Nope. Don't know where he's been. Don't know what he's been doing. He's just been, he's been, oh, (laughs) he has been missing. We don't know. (laughs) I was just like, he's probably been drinking with us. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. Oh, I think he's probably been he is walking down the hall, looking at a chart, rubbing at his temple. He goes by a nurse's station and we see George talking to his 
girlfriend that's the nurse she is telling him that she had a really good time and george responds that he did too he asks her if she's feeling okay she tells him that she is great now that she got to see him and asks why he tells her no reason that he is good too but then he adds but um i'm a little itchy Uh, George is so nice. He's just so weird. And weird in the sense that no one is normal already. We've established that, but he is so weird. Yeah, bless him. (laughs) Izzy walks up then and greets the couple. It's here that we learn that the nurse's name is Olivia. Olivia leaves and George looks at Izzy and says, yeah, she's into me. And Izzy congratulates him. When it is, I noticed when there's an episode where Izzy is like chippy, like, you know, like kind of happy or like she's not being a bitch. Well, she kind of is, but she's wearing a bright color underneath her scrubs. She's wearing yellow. Oh my God. I wonder if there's like something to that. I don't know. So I'm putting it out there live today or, you know, recorded just because I want to keep that in mind because the last episode she was a bitch I don't think she had a bright color scrub I think it was dark I think it was like navy blue that's so interesting and it could very well be the case because in the big bang theory Sheldon's shirts change depending on the emotion that he has during that episode I don't know that either And then like the different symbols on his shirt and stuff like play into that too. Like the different feelings and emotions and stuff like, so yeah, so that's very, that is very possible. Keep that in mind. That is such a good catch. I'm going to be thinking about that now every time I like recap. Next, we see George entering the locker room and he finds Alex trimming his nose hairs. (laughs) Just totally random. I feel like I've asked you that question too. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you asked this is why i'm an alex oh but i'm not but a i feel kid. like you wouldn't like do it at work though yeah, like- i would i'm using company time absolutely oh okay yeah george goes up to him and tells him that he seems to be having this skin thing going on <laughs> like a rash He says he thinks he knows what it is, but he can't get close enough to tell for sure. Alex turns around and says, okay, let's see it. George tells him that he can just describe it. But Alex says that they are doctors and to just show him his junk so they can get this over with. George pulls his pants down and Alex takes a look. When he stands up, he looks at George and point blank says, dude, you've got syphilis. And then he just leaves the room. yeah that's i do have some research about syphilis though oh tell me according to the cdc syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease that can have serious complications when left untreated so it is divided into states primary secondary latent and territory not sure that's how you say it it is spread by direct contact with syphilis or during vaginal anal or oral sex so if it's in the primary level, it looks like sores, usually around the genitals. If it's secondary, which is what I think George has, it includes a rash, Ooh. a swollen lymph node, and fever. Latent means 
there are no symptoms or signs and that's kind of dangerous then the territory can affect the heart brain and other organs and it, it can occur 10 to 30 years after your infection holy shit although syphilis is cured with antibiotics you know, if you do leave it untreated or if you don't really realize that it, it can obviously have massive effects on your health. Um, so I know I know that George used a condom. So I believe that there were other acts performed during this sexual encounter, which means that that's how he contracted syphilis. And that is right. All. Right. Check yourself. Yes. Before you wreck yourself. Oh my God. Is that what the kids are saying nowadays? No. <laughs> That's what the 90 kids are saying. Millennials. <laughs> In the next scene, we find Alex presenting a new patient to Dr. Burke. He states that the patient has abnormal pain and blood in his urine, and the urologist suggested a cystoscopy, which is a procedure to look inside the bladder using a thin camera called a cystoscope. We see him laying on the table with his very pregnant wife standing behind him. The man on the table tells Burke, thank you, and that he knows it's a little out of his field. So it's clear here that they're friends. The patient tells Alex and George that him and Preston were in the same frat at Tulane. Bill, who is the patient, says that Burke went from torturing pledges to torturing interns. Burke tells him that he has a camera snaking up his mojo and that it is not the time to cross him. At this time, Bill's wife says that she hopes that this is nothing serious. And side note, Bill's wife is played by Wendy Davis, who also played Joan Burton on Army Wives. I didn't notice that. Oh my God. Oh, I love Joan on Army Wives. Not so much in this Grey's Anatomy episode. I wanted to punch her in the face, but like... (laughs) I loved her character on Army Wives. I didn't even notice that. Good catch. Berger tells her that that is what the procedure will tell them and that she shouldn't worry about anything other than growing his godson. So they're like friend friends. Like he already claimed to be his godson? Wow. Or his godfather? Wow. Yeah, like they are friend friends, like very close. Then George finds a mass as he is performing the procedure and Burke tells him to take a biopsy of the mass and tells Alex to schedule a CT. I want to make a comment about the acting in the scene. It's very, very bad. It is like Burke is extra and like nice. And that's like so out of character for him. So it just seems so fake. Like even everyone in the scene, it just seems so like fake. Oh, I I didn't really like pick up on that. I loved that. I loved that. Like I've I've done I've done fake poses before, and and that's how I felt. I was like, okay, Burke. I didn't I didn't really pick up on that. This whole episode, I think Burke is just so extra, and his acting is so bad. It really is. Oh, I'll tell you when that happens there's another part where i'm like what is wrong with you okay okay 
We then see Meredith, Bailey, and Dr. Weber in an OR. Derek is in the gallery and working on a patient's chart. As Dr. Weber is trying to tie off a portion of the patient's colon, he is having trouble and the tools keep slipping. He starts clearing his throat multiple times. Bailey and Meredith are looking at him suspiciously because it's not like him. It's Dr. Weber. Like he doesn't make mistakes. Like he's the chief. He's been out of the game for eight episodes. So maybe he's a little rusty. Very true. We see Christina and Izzy are with a new patient. Christina asks Mr. Franklin how long his abdomen has been like this. And his abdomen is huge. It's very distended. Like you can clearly tell that there is a problem. And we see Izzy start palpating his stomach. He tells her that it has been getting bigger for a while. Izzy says that he has dullness to percussion and spider angiomas. And dullness to percussion indicates denser tissue, such as zones of effusion or consolidation. Once an abnormality is detected, percussion can be used around the area of interest to define the extent of the abnormality. Spider angiomas, also known as spider navis or spider telangiectasia is is a vascular lesion characterized by an anomalous dilation of end vascular found just beneath the skin surface the lesion contains a central red spot and reddish extensions which radiate radiate outward like a spider web Christina says that they have to admit Mr. Franklin to run some tests and his daughter says, great, what is it going to cost us this time? His wife shoots her a look and says, Alice, don't. What a fucking bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was not happy about her attitude. I mean, we don't know her story, but like, what a fucking bitch. Right. True. But still. Yeah. And especially in public, like you're okay. Like hold your anger in private. In the next scene, we see George going to the hematology lab and asking for his results. He takes the paper and looks it over. At that moment, Izzy walks in with Mr. Franklin's blood draw to be tested. Izzy grabs the paper out of George's hand and asks him, who has syphilis? Which again, I think is super unprofessional and such a bitchy move on Izzy's part. Like she yells it like, who has syphilis? Like what? Like, he's going to say, this patient so-and-so has syphilis. Like, yeah, that was really weird. That was really weird. Georgia pulls her into a room behind the nurse's station, and Izzy yells, you have syphilis? Again, such a fucking bitch. Like, there are people around, and she just screams this. sorry. I know that that was probably very bitchy, but I was laughing really hard because- Honestly, you have to have boundaries. And if you allow your friend to like do that shit to you, like that's George's fault. I'm sorry. Like he should have called her out like a while ago. It doesn't get any better though. True. Georgia tells her that he doesn't know how this happened. And Izzy replies that yes, he does. That Olivia must really be getting around. Which is just a dick move. You just chugged all that wine. Because this part makes me like anxious. Wow, you. Wow. This part made me anxious. 
I mean, I was like pissed off at Izzy the way she acts. I know, but like she's calling out Olivia. What if it's not Olivia? What if right? it's George? But she doesn't believe it's George. Why blame the woman? Do any of us? Well, but because whenever it's like a woman up against somebody like George. No. Poor George. Fun Poor. fact, if you are listening to us, maybe you can drink while listening to all the episodes and see how many times we say poor George. Ooh, that's a good one because we say it an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. George jumps to Olivia's defense and tells Izzy that she is not like that. Izzy tells him that it's no big deal that a couple of doses of penicillin will knock it right out. And then she tells him to stop sleeping with Olivia unless he wants that thing to fall off. Which does not fall off according to the CDC.gov website. Thank you. And she calls herself a surgeon. (laughs) Poor George. Izzy explains to him that he does have to tell Olivia though. So that way she can get tested, which is responsible. Very responsible. I... Poor George, but I actually agree with him here. Yeah. Back in the OR with Bailey Weber and Meredith, Weber is dropping tools and just seems to overall be struggling. He tells Bailey that she can finish the surgery and he leaves. Derek is still watching all of this go down from the gallery. And he kind of like sits up and he seems like intrigued whenever um, Weber drops the tool and leaves. Which, why is he... Which leads me to believe, why is he there? Is he just there for fun? Shits and giggles? Probably. It seemed like he was working on like a chart. So I'm wondering, I mean, why not? I think that if I had the option to like sit in a quiet room and like work on charts or like go to the gallery and like observe a surgery and work on charts, I think I would probably. That makes sense. Okay. Choose that. But it's weird that nobody's up there with him, though, whenever this is like the chief of surgery operating. Like you would think that more interns would be like, oh, the chief is operating. Like, I want to go. I want to take notes. Like, I want to watch this. Well, I'm glad they weren't there for that this time around. Yeah. Yeah, not good. George and Alex are doing the CT on Bill. Alex asks him who the woman is, and George tells him that it is none of his business. George tells him that he must have had something like this before, right? Alex smugly says that he never talks about his penis with other men. George sees something pop up on the scans and tells Alex that they need to get Burke and they run out of the room right away. I feel like men do talk about their penises though. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't see Randy talking about his penis with other men. I don't want to ask. But I'm gonna ask. <laughs> do we need to like do a um little bit of research here? Yes. <laughs> do men talk about their penis? I don't. I don't know. Like I. I mean, I don't talk about my vagina to other women. I do. If it's like a. If it's. I mean, we were talking about something a few minutes ago, but like that's as far as like you know. I'm not gonna say like. Like, I feel like if it's like a, um, like a question, I feel like it's such, there's such taboo stuff around like women talking about their vaginas and stuff. So like if 
anybody like has like a question, like, oh, is this happening to you? Or does this happen? Like, I will gladly answer because there's not a lot of information right out there. Well, I and, feel like our generation yeah. is definitely more open to talking yeah. about it for sure. Yeah. And like I talk about it whenever it like comes to that yeah. I did shoot my husband a message and ask him if they do that so we'll find out all right stay tuned bit. stay tuned in the next scene we are in Mr. Franklin's room with Izzy and Christina Christina tells him that he has a condition called ascites ascites what is it called I ascites? thought it was ascites, ascites but I don't know I don't pronounce it his wife panics, but Izzy assures her and tells her that this just means that there is fluid in the peritoneal cavity, which is the abdomen. We see his daughter's legs propped up on the table and she's reading a magazine. Izzy continues to explain, telling him that the swelling is pressing against his lungs, which would explain the trouble breathing. Christina tells him that in his case, it looks like a symptom of liver disease. His daughter scoffs at this and says, and it all comes together. Christina asks if there is something that they should know. And Mr. Franklin then admits that he drinks a bit. His daughter responds with, that is the understatement of the year. Mr. Franklin yells at his daughter and she lets him know that she is only there for her mom to make sure he doesn't pull any of his usual crap. Secrets. Right? Yep. You obviously yep. get that under wrap. Ascites. Yep. And it's ascites. Ascites. Okay. I mean, it's never brought up again. That's why I didn't like write down. Like, I should do that because I did that with Devo's name last episode. I should put, I'm going to start doing that. How to pronounce things. Oh. Well, I do have um, a little bit of information about ascites. Ooh, Okay. So ascites is a buildup of fluid in the abdomen that often occurs as a result of cirrhosis, which is what later on the diagnosis is, which is a liver disease. So apparently we have a sheet of tissue called the peritoneum that covers our organs. And so there are two layers and ascites happens when the fluid between these two layers um, builds up. So I can visualize it. Um, and it can be associated to a non-alcohol fatty liver disease, hep C and hep B, genetic liver disease, and autoimmune hepatitis, a congestive heart failure, kidney or cancers of the abdomen and pelvis, and cirrhosis sounds for about 80% of the cases of ascites. And typically the treatment, which I am sorry, but I did kind of cackle a little bit, is a low sodium diet. Mm -hmm. Surgery may be needed. A paracent para paracentesis. Um, and also a shunt, which is just a wire mesh stent inserted into the vein into your liver. So this was um, based off the Cleveland. I think it's Cleveland website. It's a medical website. Okay. Wow. I thought that it was i mean the way his daughter talked it was just from his drinking so that makes sense now that there's other things that could be causing it too yeah but it, it, i cackled not because it's funny but because <laughs> i thought like oh low sodium and then all the time oh. when i was like going to the grocery store and looking at the sodium i'm like oh yeah fuck it's either sodium or sugar and i think i went with sugar low sugar 
Oh my God. No, I went with, I don't care about the sugar. I just need low sodium. So yeah, that's why I cackled because I thought of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Burke and Alex are reviewing Bill's scans. He points out that there is definitely a growth protruding into the bladder, but points out the edges. He says that he doesn't think it's a tumor. Alex says that it's shaped like an ovary and he giggles. Burke flips on him saying, Burke flips on him about saying this and tells him to have some respect. George comes into the room with the labs and Burke looks them over and is just absolutely shocked. And he looks up and says, Bill has an ovary. Which I could not find a clinical study of this, but I did find an article on cosmopolitan.com. Okay. Which take it with a grain of salt, okay? A man was shocked to discover he had a fully functional womb. Fully functional. So he is a 37-year-old British man um, to protect his identity. They called him Rob. And he went in with the same reason. He found blood in his urine, thought it was a possible sign of bladder cancer. But then his doctor actually found him, found out that he had a fully functioning female organs and actually uh, diagnosed him with malarian duct symptom, which is a disorder of sexual development. That's crazy. I mean, my gosh, our bodies are just wild. Yes. Yes, to say it mildly, yes. Next, we see Bailey, Christina, and Izzy at a set of vending machines. Izzy tells Bailey that according to his daughter, Mr. Franklin is a heavy drinker. Christina chimes in and says that he has six to eight drinks a day, that he is an alcoholic by any standard. Bailey asks for the protocol, and Christina says to schedule a paracentesis, which is the procedure that removes fluid from the abdomen through a slender needle. Bailey tells them not to schedule it, but to do it. And Christina and Izzy are both super excited and they run off. George and Alex are walking down the stairwell talking about Bill's ovary situation. Olivia comes in and says, hi to George. And Alex looks confused and says, what am I, invisible? George sends Alex on his way. Olivia and George then proceed to make out. And George stops and seems to be like trying to tell her about the whole syphilis thing. It was just a very large, very awkward scene of him beating around the bush. But he finally just blurts out that he has syphilis. And Olivia steps back, looks at him confused, and just turns and goes up the stairs. Which I think is like a theme in this episode of people just leaving. Poor George. That's like four shots in like 30 minutes. That was like, I didn't even I I was trying to like recap the scene and I'm just like I don't even know what to to write like it was so awkward (laughs) just it was so it was it was bad and everyone just runs like you said yeah everybody just turns around and fucking leaves I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that at work just be like awkward bye (laughs) (laughs) I won't even say bye no just walk away we find a Weber in his office hunched over rubbing his temples. Derek. Okay, but Derek, did you notice the details? No. Didn't notice the details. No. We see Weber on the front cover of the magazine Seattle as a top surgeon and his award for best doctors in America awarded in 2004. Oh. 
just a reminder, the air date for this episode was May 22nd, 2005. Oh, we love Weber. We do. Continue. Derek comes into the room and says, you dropped a retractor. Weber says that a few weeks ago he was operating and his vision became blurry in his eye, but after a few hours it was fine, but now it's come back again. Derek asks if he has had it checked out and Weber tells him that the exam was normal. Derek tells him that he will set up some tests and Weber says that he knows how the rumor mill is around there and that he wants this to be kept between them. Alex and George are grabbing lunch and walk over to sit with Christina and Izzy. Christina greets him with, hey, Sif boy, which is so fucking rude. It's so rude. Would that be considered a HIPAA violation? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. Alex says that that it has a nice ring to it. Kind of like Superboy, only disease. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) You're laughing, and I'm just like, I fucking hate it, and I feel so bad for George. I don't. You should have gotten, you should have used a condom. No glove, no love. So I have no love for George. No one asked him to do anal. No one asked him to go down on her. I mean, I don't know what kind of performance he did, but clearly he wasn't taking care of himself. And so I'm not saying he deserves it, but I mean, I'm not like at all surprised. This is why protecting yourself when you have multiple partners is important. And I he didn't though. He didn't protect himself. He didn't have multiple partners. But he didn't protect himself. But he might have. What if the condom broke? Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, come on. It could have, but I don't think that that's the case. It could have. He's a doctor. He should know how to wear a condom. That means nothing. Poor George. Poor George. Six six shots. (laughs) Izzy says that she only told Christina. Christina says that Izzy didn't need to say a word, that the only thing that spreads faster than disease around here is gossip. Mm-hmm. then uh, meredith comes and sits down and she says hey george how are you feeling sorry about the syphilis like a good person would instead of screaming it to everybody are you okay you're laughing hysterically okay i'm done i think that meredith is being a good friend because she's concerned about him without making she's it not like concerned <gasps> Yes, she is. You can see it in her she's eyes. Laughing with her eyes. No, she's not. I think she's just teasing him. I think she's being no facetious. That is not Meredith Gray. No. <laughs> okay. Alex says that everyone has a secret. Just be glad yours is out in the open. Christina asks him what his secrets are, and Alex responds, "Show me yours, and I'll show you mine." Oh, she won't. She's pregnant. Okay. At that exact moment, Burke walks by, which is like a big, big coincidence there. And she smiles or smirks, I think. Mm-hmm. Alex says, I bet you have some seriously kinky skeletons in your closet. Izzy says that she doesn't have secrets, that her life is boring. Meredith says that everyone has something to hide. 
In the next scene, Burke is going to see Bill. Burke tells Bill the results from the test revealed that his body contains DNA from two different embryos that merged in the womb at the very beginning of development. That in rare conditions such as his, the condition can produce gonadal hermaphroditism, which is an individual with both ovarian and testicular elements. Burke explains to Bill that they will remove the ovary and that they have an excellent gynecological surgeon on staff. Bill is appalled and says, you're telling me I'm a guy with an ovary? And he asks Burke what he is going to tell his wife. And Burke tells him to tell her that he is going to be fine. Bill asks if he is still a man, and Burke assures him that he is. So according to PubMed, individuals with both ovarian and testicular elements are called, are categorized, I don't want to say called, but they're categorized as intersex. And there's about 0.018% of people that have both. And according wow, to- Wow, that's, that's low. Yeah. And according to ISNA.org, it basically means one in 1,500 to one in 200 births. So it's conflicting um, data. But um, I thought that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you see Alex giving poor George a shot of penicillin. <laughs> This whole scene is so comical. I laugh so hard. It is. I was laughing. George is rethinking Alex giving him the shot. And Alex shouts, just shut up and drop him. George pulls his pants down and leans over the bed. And Meredith abruptly pulls the curtains back. George is super embarrassed and screams at her to go away. Meredith tells her that she is there for moral support, that it's not a big deal, and that he has a cute butt. Alex responds with, I have a cute butt too. Want to see? Oh, God. Disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Meredith tells him to get out that he's doing it wrong. Alex leaves and Meredith takes the syringe. Then Izzy comes in the room to join the fun. Christina comes in next looking for Izzy about Mr. Franklin's procedure. And she tells Izzy that, that the procedure has been scheduled for after lunch, which side note, they already had lunch in the previous scene. So I thought that that was weird that she said that. Well, maybe they had lunch early. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Christina enters the room and tells George that he has a cute butt. (laughs) Meredith gives him the shot and he says, you know, I have spent hours, days, years imagining myself half naked in a room with three women. The reality is so much better. (laughs) All three women laugh and Christina says, I think he's going to cry. That was such a weird scene. It's comical, but that end part is weird. Oh, poor yeah. George. Oh, George. At least he has a cute butt. Yeah, he has that going for him. Yeah. No only thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In the next scene, Meredith is walking down the hallway talking on the phone to Miss Henry. Miss Henry states that she was just calling to remind Meredith that that night is the nursing home's monthly family dinner and lets Meredith know that she hasn't been to any of their family functions. Meredith explains that she's a surgical intern, so her time isn't her own. Miss Henry tells her that the residents respond really well to these events and that they always enjoy themselves. And Meredith agrees that she will be there. Derek catches up with Weber. He tells him that he has cleared some time for an MRI. Weber says, good, and let's get going. Weber's assistant comes up to him then and tells him that there is a situation and we see Weber briefing a large group of people, doctors, nurses, interns, 
And he says that three interns, four residents, and six nurses on the surgical floor have been diagnosed with syphilis. Weber tells everyone that if they're having sex with a number, another member of the staff, that they need to get tested. Derek tells him that now is a good time to go and get the MRI. That this, scene was kind of funny, though, too. This is ridiculous. The woman, yes. Showing the woman was <laughs> putting the condom on a banana, which they never, like, taught us that in school. Like, they never, they never taught us, like, anything. Health class was strictly, like, like we knew all about the STDs and I was like ugh, they all look so nasty ew no we didn't get any of that well I was in Chicago so we were a little bit more well that's probably why <laughs> everybody from where I live is not doing great <laughs> was that to say that having sex ed that our, the people I went to high school are doing that much better but let's just say I'm the only one without kids so <laughs> Same. Same. (laughs) We see Christina waiting in the line to get tested for syphilis. Burke hops off the elevator when he sees her and tells her that she has been avoiding him and she explains that she has been busy with work. Burke asks her why she is in this line and she replies, it's the syphilis line, (laughs) which I thought was funny. The syphilis line. I mean... (laughs) Burke responds with, you don't need to be in this line. She is not convinced by this. Burke assures her that there is no one else. Burke asks if this surprises her, and she says that nothing surprises her, but she has this cute little smirk on her face that lets us know just how surprised and happy she really is. Again, his acting in this scene is just awful. Like, how long does it take you to clean your glasses? Like, oh my god, it's just so cringy. Well, they're trying to, like, not look conspicuous standing there talking to each other. They're still trying to keep their relationship on the down low. So cringeworthy. Go ahead. (laughs) Burke asks her if if he needs to be in this line, and she tells him no. And they both say, okay, and walk away. Izzy comes up and tells her that Mr. Franklin is prepped and ready. Although there was this part in the scene where she's like, good thing we're not getting any, any, uh, uh, am I right? Right. And I was just like, oh, Izzy, girlfriend, you're the only one that's not getting any. And I like how Christina loves all so stupid. Like you could tell it's fake. She's like, and yeah. 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 So I have an update. Okay. Tell me. I just want to like mention that my husband's like he likes to research research thoroughly things. Oh wow, it's a good thing you married each other. <laughs> so apparently, you know, it it depends on like at certain ages you do like talk about they do talk about their penis, I guess, with other men. And then once they're they reach a certain age, it's kind of settled. It's not a topic of conversation. But apparently, he did happen to have a conversation about whether penis enlargement would constitute a free elective surgery through the Navy with his coworkers, and they like literally went through, like, and researched the regulations and did all this stuff. And apparently, you can get it for free if it affects the guys emotionally. It can be done for free through the Navy. So this was like apparently, why are we the same person? <laughs> I 
love that because that's how it is for like spouses too like if you want a boob job it has to like affect you mentally before they'll give it to you for free which mine do but I would I would never do Do that yes oh man I can if I could fake it I would I want a nice boob job we see Christina and Izzy performing the procedure on Mr. Franklin to remove the fluid from his abdomen. Izzy points out that the fluid is bloody and asks if it's supposed to be, but the liquid does eventually start to run clear. Derek is looking over Weber's MRI scans with him. Derek says that there is a tumor pressing on Weber's optic nerve and assures Weber that it is operable, but it does have its risks that Weber could lose his sight. Weber says, just what I need, a syphilis outbreak and a tumor. And Derek replies, well, it's probably unrelated. I'm sorry. Am I the only one that cackled at this? Because I thought that was funny. No, I did too, because Derek's humor in this one is kind of funny. Because he says something like later that I like just laughed hysterically. Yeah, I was like, this is hilarious. And Weber does not seem to be enjoying the jokes. No. No, and later, whenever he does it, Bailey's not impressed by it either. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like this dry humor. Right? Weber says that he will get the surgery, and Derek says that he will put a team together. Weber says again that he wants us all kept under wraps because the vultures will be circling soon enough. And he tells Derek that they are doing this tonight. Meredith comes into the room and says that Derek paged her. And Derek tells her that he needs her help with something and asks if she can keep a secret. And she responds with better than you think. Oh, I have a lot of secrets. Me too. Okay. That's how that conversation will go on. But okay. Anyways. Back with Izzy, Christina, and Mr. Franklin. They are still draining the fluid from his abdomen. Christina asks, how much fluid can one body hold? Izzy shushes her and asks Mr. Franklin if he is sleeping. She quickly checks him and says that there is no pulse. They call code blue and Izzy starts CPR. Christina and Izzy leave the room and Christina asks how he could just die like that. Izzy points out that there was blood in the tube when it first went in and what if it's their fault? Christina assures her that they did nothing wrong, that they did a textbook procedure, and Bailey confirms this and tells them that they did everything by the book. Izzy is not convinced and insists that she must have missed something. Christina asks when the autopsy will be back, and Bailey tells her that the family has decided that they do not want an autopsy. In the next scene, we see Derek racing up the stairs towards Bailey and Meredith. He says, how goes our special super secret silent sunset surgery? I thought that was funny. <laughs> Me too. And the fact that I he was able to say it. that so fast. Right? Super, I loved special it. Special super secret silent sunset surgery. Like that's hard. Right? I loved it. And Bailey just was not impressed. She just like scoffs. She looks at him. She says that she's in and walks away. Which I will have to mention that I'm kind of surprised that she's actually accepting their relationship. Right. Everybody seems to be getting over all of this quite quickly. Mm -hmm. That's because the other shoe's about to drop. Yes. Derek says that he is nervous. One mistake and he can end Weber's career. Meredith says, so just for the record, you would tell me if I needed to get tested, right? Derek asks her when he would have time to go out and get syphilis. 
He says it, that she is a handful enough and that they are practically a condom ad. She says, but no more glow in the dark ones. And Derek walks away and gets another call on his phone, which he immediately ignores. He has that look. Mm-hmm. Like the disgusted, like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> glow in the dark. Okay. Burke and Alex are in the OR with a gynecological surgeon operating on Bill. The gynecological surgeon looks at Dr. Burke and asks for confirmation on Bill's wife being pregnant. And Burke says yes and asks why. She tells him that Bill has a blind vas deferens, which means that the tubes that carry sperm out of the testes failed to develop properly. Although the testes usually develop and function normally, sperm cannot be transported through the vast deference to become part of semen. And so Burke says Bill is sterile and the other surgeon confirms and says that he always has been. Izzy and Christina are talking to Mr. Franklin's wife and daughter. Izzy is urging them to have an autopsy done. And the daughter says no, that they just want this to be over with. Christina asks if they don't want to know what killed him and the daughter then says that her father was a mean drunk who couldn't hold a job and that's what killed him his wife says that it was awfully sudden and the daughter says that he has been killing himself for years the wife seems to want one and the daughter is begging her not to at first i like wondered like oh did the daughter maybe like do something to him because the daughter was being like so like standoffish about it yeah i just think she was resentful towards her dad yeah we see meredith christina and izzy in their little basement hideaway meredith confronts them with their decision to do an unauthorized autopsy izzy says that she knows christina and that she knows she doesn't want to be the new 007 and that she wants to clear her name meredith is telling christina no not to do it but christina says that she's in Meredith states that she is not involved in this. Christina says, Meredith, this is Fight Club. Nobody talks about it. They say that they need to do it when Bailey is not around. And Meredith drops the tidbit of information that Bailey has something that night from 7 until 11 and that they would be the last thing that she is worried about. They ask what Meredith is talking about. And she says that she can't tell them that, that it's Fight Club too. Christina looks at Izzy and says, if I'm missing out on a real patient because of this, they're going to call me 007 because I've killed you. (laughs) I like Christina in this episode or in this scene, especially in this scene. Yeah. Derek, Meredith, and Bailey are in the OR getting ready to operate on Weber. And in the next scene, Christina and Izzy are performing that unauthorized autopsy on Mr. Franklin. Izzy says, we stole the body. We are body snatchers. This is hilarious. And I think it's so interesting to see Christina and um, Izzy kind of close. Because this yes. is kind of like they're, they're, they're getting close in this episode. They're like friends in this yes. episode. Because it doesn't happen often right. afterwards. Yeah. Right. Christina takes out her textbook and starts looking up how to do an autopsy. They are looking at the book and Christina says that she's got it. Izzy asks if she's sure. And Christina says, it's not like we can kill him twice. The humor. I mean, it's just impeccable. I love it. 
Christina starts to cut and Izzy is interjecting every two seconds. Christina looks at her and tells her to quit backseat cutting. Derek is done with Weber's surgery. Bailey asks Meredith to page Christina and Izzy. She wants them taking over Meredith's patients so Meredith can stay and monitor Weber. Meredith says that she thinks Christina and Izzy are already swamped. And we learn that Meredith is not a good liar. And Bailey Mm -hmm. calls her out. And then I think that it hits Bailey that what she's hiding, like that she knows exactly where Christina and Izzy are. Oh, yeah. Breaking the law. Sorry. Yeah. We see Burke confronting Bill's wife. He tells her that their whole relationship is a lie. Bill's wife tells him that they are happy and that they have wanted a child for a long time. She asks Burke why he wants to take that away from Bill, and Burke is pissed. He tells her that Bill has a right to know that that is not his child, and she comes back with what Bill doesn't know won't hurt him. Burke says, fine, maybe his friend won't tell him the truth, but I'm his doctor and his doctor is not going to lie to him, which good for Burke. This is probably the only time I liked him in this whole episode. Oh, yeah. This is probably one of the only times that I like him just ever. Ever, yeah. I, I, I think this episode, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I like this part. Your acting is genuine. Like, I get it. Okay. Give you credit. Otherwise, I don't like you. We see Meredith on the phone with Miss Henry. She is apologizing for missing the dinner. Miss Henry gets an attitude with her, but Meredith says that her mother doesn't even remember who she is anyway, so it doesn't matter. Miss Henry interrupts her and says that today she did, that her mother has been asking when her daughter Meredith gets off from work. Meredith looks really sad here, and she ends the call, and Derek pops up behind her and says, a lot of secret phone calls today. And Really, Derek? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. But maybe he was referring to himself too. Just in general, there's been a lot of secret phone calls. She tells him that it was her mother, that she isn't traveling or writing a book. She tells him that she's been lying to everyone. And Derek asks why. And she tells him that her mother has Alzheimer's. He asks her how advanced, and she says very, and that she's in a home, and that she is the only one who even knows that she's sick. We then see Meredith and Derek through somewhat blurry vision and Derek is putting his hand on Meredith's cheek and we see that the blurry vision is Weber's. So has he been like totally unaware because he knows that there's a rumor mill. So I feel like whenever um, Meredith and Derek were obviously sleeping with each other like that was all over the hospital so it's so weird that he's just been like protected from that if he knows he knows I mean unless he chose not to believe it because he knows how the rumor mill works there okay so he might have just been like ignoring it he's probably somewhere in the world In the next scene, Bailey catches Christina and Izzy in the act of doing the autopsy, and she is fucking pissed. Like, she is big mad. Although I love it. Oh, yeah, me too. Bailey is explaining to them that not only did they go against the family's wishes, but they broke the law that they could be arrested for assault 
and that the hospital could be sued. She could lose her license and even her job. She asks them if they have anything to say. And Izzy grabs Mr. Franklin's heart and holds it up. And Bailey says that it's huge. And Izzy says that it's over 600 grams and that there is some kind of grainy material in it. And I did like look this up online. I don't recall the website offhand, but I did read that for a man between the ages of 31 and 40, the average weight is around 289.6 grams and 284.7 for women of the same age. For a man between 61 and 70, the average weight is about 345.9 grams and 285.1 grams for women. Not sure how accurate that is, but that's just what I read. I feel like I searched it, researched it, and I, for some reason, cannot find the research on mine. But I think it was like 30 grams off. It was like eight to 10 ounces for like a woman or something like that. But I'm okay. not going to quote. I think it was pretty similar is what I'm okay. saying. Christina says that they want to run tests and Bailey says that she hates both of them right now, but it's just kind of implied that Bailey is okay with them yeah. running tests. Meredith is going to check on Weber. She opens the door and Weber opens his eyes immediately and says, he's an attending, you're an intern. Meredith is just excited that Weber can see. He tells her that he is going to tell her what her mother would say if she were there. You're making a mistake, a big one. And she responds that she would tell her mother that it's not a mistake. And so do we think that Weber knows that Derek is married? Yes. Okay, so that's why, but again, like, I feel like if I were Weber, I would, like, push a little bit more into, like, the whole mistake thing. No, and the reason why I think it is true, because I think that he actually tells Derek, like, oh, and you called my, I think this is in the next episode, oh, and you call my wife, kind of banter, and they both are like, yeah, so I think that there is a reason why the next scene happens. okay okay yeah. yeah next we see a bailey christina and izzy talking to mr franklin's wife and daughter they are very upset and say that they specifically said no autopsy bailey says that she understands why they are upset and the daughter says that she's going to get an attorney christina jumps in and tells them that they know what killed him he has a blood condition called hemochromatosis this disease causes an excess amount of iron to build up in the body, and that, that is what caused the heart failure, not the paracentesis. The daughter looks shocked and says that she thought he was always so sick because of the drinking. Izzy tells her that the disease is genetic and that the daughter should get a blood test to confirm so they can start treatment for her. Bailey looks at the daughter and says that Dr. Yang and Dr. Stevens may have saved her life. And she slides over the consent forms for the autopsy and the mother signs them willingly. So hemochromatosis is an iron overload and fewer than 200,000 cases per year occur. So this excess in iron can poison organs, lead to cancer and cirrhosis of the liver, which is what her dad had, according to the Mayo Clinic website. There are two gene mutations, so if you inherit two abnormal genes, you may develop the condition. There is no cure, but there are treatments that can help reduce the amount of iron in your body to reduce the risk of heart, liver, and pancreas damage. 
if you inherit one abnormal gene, you're unlikely to develop the disease, but you can still pass the mutation to your children. Mm, interesting. All Mayo, Mayo Clinic website. In the closing montage, we see Burke breaking the news to Bill about the baby not being his. Olivia confronts George in the locker room. She tells him when they started dating, she was already kind of seeing someone. But when she realized how much she liked George, she broke it off with the other guy. George asks who the other guy is. And she looks at Alex, who is standing behind George. He flips out and starts screaming, you and Alex? George turns and tackles Alex to the ground and screams, you gave me syphilis. And he starts punching Alex in the face. But Christina pulls him off and Meredith grabs Alex and holds him back and Izzy stands between them. That's interesting the way they like who pulled off who and who stayed in the middle. Like I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is though like little Easter eggs hidden in there. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Derek is in the waiting room working on his computer. I see your face right now. I know. I was I know. your stuff online because I couldn't find my other notes, so I found it on my Word document. So, what? yeah, this yeah, this last scene is uh, it's a it's a big one. <laughs> Meredith comes up to him, and Derek tells her that they need to talk. They are putting their coats on to head outside. They turn around, and we see a stunning woman standing there, staring at them. Derek looks at Meredith and says, I am so sorry. The woman walks over to them and Derek greets her with a simple Addison. What are you doing here? She says, you know, if you bother to return any one of my phone calls, she looks to Meredith, holds out her hand and says, hi, I'm Addison Shepard. And poor Poor Meredith looks so defeated and just says, Shepard. Addison points to her and says, and you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. That's the most epic line ever. It is. But oh my God. Poor Meredith. Oh, uh, I don't think she looks. I think she looks like Ursula. Who? Addison. Oh no, I remember like she is a fucking babe. Like Ursula. Like Ursula, not in the in the octopus like version. Like Ursula when she gets like married to the prince, like the evil Ursula, right? Like kind of like that, only with red hair. Yeah, that's how she looks, especially because her eyebrows are like super high up, like early 2000s oh she is a fucking babe and i remember watching this for the first time and i'm like meredith gray who like yeah meredith gray does not addison i mean you can tell like she looks regal and like i mean she yes she looks way different than meredith meredith looks really small in this scene on purpose she does she looks very like shrunken and like and it's almost like innocent and Almost like the camera's yeah. on an angle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, oh, so we but- know that Derek is married. We know that Addison Shepard is. That's his secret. And that's a big secret. That's fucking huge. Ugh. I want to know more about your research on why 
like significant others keep secrets from each other. Oh, yes. So um, this is uh, from psychologytoday.com. So take it with a grain of salt. So particularly for women, women keep secrets um, in reluctance to hurt their partner or damage their relationship. For married people, keeping a secret allows them to avoid their partner's disapproval. And according to Easterling, he argued, I think it's a he, um, he, they, they argued that culturally we expect married uh, people to be faithful to their partner's wishes. So anything that you do to like counteract your spouse's wishes is evidence of disloyalty. So it's disloyalty that makes us hide um, secrets. It's um, disapproval from our partner. It's shame. And this shame is sometimes what causes you to omit, which is very different than to lie. So you are omitting the truth. And then um, because you're kind of like afraid that you're going to like violate your partner's expectations of you. And so you basically don't bring it to their attention. So those are like the main reasons why um, spouses keep secrets from each other. It's shame and disloyalty and because you might not meet the expectations of your spouse and you sometimes omit those events or situations to avoid that from your uh, spouse interesting so i think at this moment i think it's a combination of all of those from on behalf of Derek shepherd i agree i agree but that is the end of episode nine i want to hear the closing monologue the closing monologue the thing people forget is how good it can feel when you finally set secrets free whether good or bad at least are out in the open like it or not and once your secrets are out in the open you don't have to hide behind them anymore the problem with secrets is even when you think you are in control you're not oh Okay, we're like totally geeking out because this is epic. This is the end of season one, though. This is the end of season one. This is it. This is where it gets good. I think season two is where it gets good. Yeah, one of my favorite characters who's not even a a main character comes in season two. So you have to tell me off camera. So the next season, season two, episode one is called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which we all know that's a song. Yes. Yes. And then um, any final thoughts? I loved this episode. I am a hardcore Addison Shepard, Addison Montgomery fan. I love her. I think that she's great. Although I do still love Meredith, like, you know, but Addison Shepard, like, oh. She's one hell of an actor, though. I actress, yeah. I, I think she's, and I'm super excited for season 18 because <gasps> she's coming yes. back to Grey's Anatomy. And I think she's a great woman, like even, even beyond her faults and even with all her faults, like I think that she's just a really good person that made mistakes and, you know, she's looking for a second chance. So starting season two, should we share with our folks that 
we will start to release episodes every two weeks, same time, same place, but it'll now be every two weeks, especially because season two is quite long. So there we go. Yep. Every two weeks now instead of every week. So yeah. So keep following us on social media at Pod. And make sure that you are listening every two weeks now from season two, episode one in two weeks. Yay. I can't wait though. I'm excited. I know. I'm super excited. I love season two. All right, y'all have a great weekend and week and we'll see you all in two weeks. Bye guys.